At a time when the world seems to be spinning Hopelessly out of control There's deceivers and believers And old in-betweeners That seem to have no place to go there's a song on the Red-Headed Stranger album called Hands on the Wheel. And it's a song that Willie did not write. I bring that up because he delivers it like he did write it. Like it's his own. Uh, that's one of my favorite things about Willie Nelson. He has such a respect for the song he is covering. And you can feel that in the performance. It's like he takes extra care because it isn't his to give it something more. Uh, that song's one of my favorite performances of any song by any artist ever. And uh, if you can't feel the emotion in it, um, you're probably not a big music fan. Now my hands on the wheel of something that's real. And I feel like I'm going home. Well, hello there. Welcome back to episode four and the season finale of this season of the VMP Anthology podcast, which is devoted to Willie Nelson and the Vinyl Me Please Anthology box set, The Story of Willie Nelson. I am your host, Andrew Winnestorfer. You know who I am by now. You've heard me talk at you about Willie Nelson these last however many minutes. Uh, And I'm here once again to talk to you and answer your questions and hear your stories about Willie Nelson. Uh, As you heard at the beginning here, uh, the one call we have is really about Willie's ability to cover songs and that it will also be the topic of one of the questions we have this episode. Uh, We answer a handful of questions here And we also answer a burning question that you all have about anthology in general related to the uh, rumored and vaunted impulse anthology uh, with which I also produced and co-curated. It's coming and I will get into why there's been a wait later in this episode. But first, we go back to the the matter at hand. Let's talk more about Willie Nelson. And it looks like, according to the switchboard light I have here, we have a call. This box set explores many masterpieces by Willie Nelson. We all know Willie as the incredible songwriter and performer, but this collection also features some of his best covers, such as Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain, Georgia on my mind, always on my mind, Graceland, and Just Breathe, to name a few. What is it about Willie Nelson that makes him such a great interpreter? Caller, this this question was something that I really thought about a lot uh, when writing these liner notes and thinking about this box, because you're right, this box carries many, many of his best covers in them, in the albums, and... I have thought a lot about this question as well as I was thinking about this and really couldn't work this into the liner notes. But I think that Willie Nelson is one of the best cover artists of all time. 
And I think that's largely because one, he's able to make any song a Willie Nelson song. He can take any distinct song and the way he sings it, he makes them his own. It's the Booker T. Jones telling Willie, Ray Charles made Georgia on my mind his own and you'll make it your own. That's really true. Willie Nelson, any song he sings is a Willie Nelson song. But I think the reason that he is so good at covers is because above all else, his entire career, Willie Nelson has been as somebody who appreciates and knows the the power of songwriting. He is somebody that took, you know, more than 30 years to write his first hit and that he you know, knows the unlikelihood that you ever will write anything worth sharing. And so I think when he finds a song that he really likes, he makes sure that he is doing those words justice, that he worships the songwriter above all else. And that ends up making the covers really, really great. He's not worried about trying to live up to the musical version of Graceland. He's not trying to match Paul Simon you know, toe to toe on that record, he's making his own version, but he's honoring the song, which makes it easier. Ultimately, I think like it's a harder mental thing to just try to honor the song, but it makes it sort of easier for him to make all of his covers sound distinct and sound like Willie Nelson songs. So yeah, I think Willie Nelson, great at covers. This box has a lot of them. His career has even more full albums where he's covering people's songs. So thank you for your question. And it looks like, yeah, it looks like on our hotline here, we've got another call coming in. Go ahead, caller. I was wondering what Willie Nelson songs have been covered the most. Thank you for this question. It turns out that this is an incredibly hard question to answer uh, because I don't have access to Willie Nelson's publishing company. And that would probably be the easiest way for all of us to know this is to access his publishing accounts. But given what I have learned from the internet, aka the website Who Sampled, which is a very cool website you should all check out, uh, it's likely crazy which he originally wrote for Patsy Cline, but which who sampled classifies as a cover of a Patsy Cline song. So it's, it's harder to figure out exactly how many people covered crazy, but a song that actually was crazy for me to see pun intended, uh, that had been covered so many times was actually on the road again by Willie Nelson. He originally uh, wrote that it was on the honeysuckle rose uh, soundtrack in 1980. That song has been covered over 254 times, which seems insane when you consider that song is 40 years old. So that means that 60 covers of that song have been recorded a year, right? Am I doing that math? No, six. I don't know how to do math. I'm not a math major. But yeah, six covers a year of On the Road Again seems wildly excessive. But I guess when, you know, that's a song that fits for any Pixar movie, uh, it kind of makes sense, I guess, that somebody is covering that six times a year, not 60. Uh, thank you for your question. If you want to look at all of the uh, insane lists of songs by Willie Nelson have been covered, go to Who Sampled, put in Willie Nelson. You will find yourself down an immense rabbit hole that I only traipsed around the edge of. 
Thank you for your call. Looks like we've got another one here on the switchboard. Let's go to that call. Is the label of outlaw country still relevant today like it was back when Willie was shifting gears from the Nashville sound? Does that label still hold water? Any thoughts on the idea of outlaw as a genre? This is a tremendous question, and I think I have complicated feelings about outlaw country as a genre uh, that, you know, I guess a disclaimer is this does not reflect the opinion of my employer uh, or any anything else but my own opinion on this. I mean, I, I think outlaw country, you know, Whalen did the song. I done think this outlaw stuff's gotten a bit out of hand. Uh, what, like four to three or four years right after they got called outlaws. And I think there was a point where it became an easy shorthand and a marketing gimmick instead of what was originally intended, which was allowing people to make the music they wanted to make. And I think that Outlaw Country ended up defining a very, very narrow band of country music that didn't get applied to a lot of things that were outlaw. You know, I, I think that you you could have considered Roseanne Cash records in the early '80s outlaw country instead of whatever alt country became. Uh, you you could have considered most of Tanya Tucker's stuff in the late '70s and early '80s outlaw country. I mean, and you could consider Willie Nelson's Stardust as a, 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 a like a incredible text of outlaw because what is more outlaw than saying? I'm not going to make a country record. I'm going to record all these standards. Like I think the the original ethos of outlaw country got co-opted to be a sound so fast that the definition of what that means really got lost. And the original means of, you know, these men wanting to make men and, you know, I guess Jesse Glazer was part of it. Rita Coolidge was a little bit part of it, you know, but it was by and large men were the only people allowed to, be considered outlaw country and they wanted to make country music that was rock oriented. And I just think that that, that that just became, it's just like alt country is, you know, where it's like, it's this shorthand to mean this isn't like whatever is on the radio, man. And I just think that that just feels so shallow as shallow as pop country ever was. To just be like, well, but this is this is the outlaw shit, you know, like it's it's an easy shorthand that got co-opted and I'm as guilty as anybody of using it as a as a quick short shortcut. I, I've been thinking a lot about Chris Christopherson for a future record of the month. And, you know, to me, he is the original outlaw. And I don't think that people really think of him as an outlaw, partially because he was, you know kind of out of country music by and large by the time that Whalen and Willie really took that banner and ran with it. But this was a guy who smoked weed and, you know, wrote songs that were really sad and really long about topics like, you know, where he suggested people had sex and did drugs and, he he doesn't get considered the same kind of, you know, the the Tomple Glazer, the Willie Nelson, the Whalen Jennings of it all. Like Chris Christopherson to me is the OG outlaw. And I just think not enough gets put under the banner that deserves to be considered outlaw in the end. And I don't think that's what Whalen or Willie 
ever really wanted that genre to be when they started calling themselves the outlaws. So complicated legacy, I think, um, you know, and I know that somebody like Sturgill Simpson fucking hates when you say <laughs> that he is an outlaw. He doesn't want to be just a facsimile of that. So I think, does it matter to modern audiences? No. And I think that label does not hold water anymore. Thank you for your question. Let's go to the, the hotline for our next one. Hey, VMP. Is it true that there is going to be an Impulse Records box in the pipeline? There are some amazing Impulse albums, funky and groovy, but none of the big names like Coltrane. They also deserve to be released. So yeah, we took this question and put it on this season of the show because uh, it is a topic that has been very much on the mind of all of you out there in VMP land. And, uh, you know, for good reason, because we, you know, put Impulse in our uh, holiday anthology uh, advertising to let you know that it was coming. And uh, you guys, every time we announce a new one of these, uh, the response is always like, oh, this is cool. But where is Impulse? Like we're, you know, keeping some some vaunted jewels that we have mined away from you. So I, I, we wanted to take the time here to explain what is going on. Uh, the Impulse Records box is coming. It, it, it will happen. It 100% will happen, believe me. I, uh, what turned in what we thought were the, well, what is the final eight albums in the box and all of the print work something like a year ago at this point. Um, and as you might know, there is something of a supply chain crunch, uh, where it's taking forever for projects to get done. And this is one where we know that, uh, this has to be done at a very specific number of plants. It needs to be done at an audiophile level. And we can't, and for lack of a better phrase, we can't fuck this one up. Uh, we know that you guys are waiting for it. And it's the most, one of the most requested boxes we've had since we started doing anthology with our blue note uh, box back in 2019. So we're trying to make sure we get it right. We're taking our time. It seems likely at this point that it will not happen until early 2023, that it will potentially be pressed at the Vinyl Me Please pressing plant. We're still sorting that out. If not there, it will be done at a very uh, select number of plants. It'll be done at one of them, but which one we're still sorting out. Uh, but yes, it's coming. And it is a what I think is a perfect mix between the stuff that everybody wants in this box that has not been reissued and stuff that is super deep cut that I don't think any other company on earth would put in the middle of an impulse box. But we basically go from one of the first LPs on the label to the early 70s. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to spoil anything to tell you that there's a John Coltrane record in it and there's an Alice Coltrane record in it. In fact, our box is bookended by the Coltrane's. So it's coming. 
It will be coming probably in 2023. So, uh, you know, stop blowing up our Instagram comments, man. We we know it's we know you want it, and we want to get it right. It will be right. It will be awesome. I am very excited. I spent a lot of time thinking about Impulse. This was a while back now at this point, but yeah, we really did our homework and we're really, really excited about it. So that's why we we teased it. We thought it was going to be coming much sooner and then we ran into supply chain issues. So we didn't do that to to purposely piss anybody off. It just happened that way. At this point, this podcast is basically over. Uh, I get into a little bit of uh, the the credits and I give you a hint at the end of this episode, but I wanted to take the time right now to thank you, thank you, thank you for buying the Willie Nelson box set for listening to this podcast. If you're just listening to the podcast, thank you. Uh, we put a lot of work into the podcast, but go go buy some records from us. Uh, that's what we do as a company. This podcast is just a fun thing we do on the side. Uh, and yeah, go and buy the Willie Nelson box set. It was a labor of love for too many people at Vinyl Me Please to count. Uh, it, it really takes a village to make any of these happen at this point. So uh, thank you for, for calling in. Thank you for sending in your questions. Uh, we will be right back with the credits right now. Hello, Walls. How'd things go for you today? Don't you miss her? Since she up and walked away And I'll bet you dread to spend Another lonely night with me But lonely walls I'll keep you company This season of the VMP Anthology Podcast was written and hosted by me, Andrew Winnestorfer. It was executive produced by me, Andrew Winnestorfer, and by Amelia Sutliff. It was produced by Jim Hankey of the Vinyl Emergency Podcast and by Julia McGuire. Voiceovers for this episode were provided by Rory Burbeck and by Julia McGuire. A final thank you, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart for everybody who submitted a Willie Nelson question, for everybody who called in the hotline with their Willie Nelson story. This season was one of the most rewarding VMP Anthology podcasts to work on, and that was all thanks to you. Uh, You guys asked such great questions. You had such heartfelt stories. It feels like I got to live vicariously through Willie Nelson to hear how his fans feel about him and how he's related to them. It was a really, really great season and a great project to work on. So I'm very grateful for you. Thank you. So, I mean, I guess all that's left for me to do at this point is to tell you this. Listen to more. The words don't fit the picture. But that is not all. If you've listened this long, you're probably curious about what's next for Vinyl Me Please Anthology. Being that you know by now that it is not the Impulse Anthology, that is coming in 2023. And we will give you ample time to know that it is coming. We will let you know when it's on sale. You will not miss it. But in the meantime, between now and the end of the year, we have a couple of anthologies coming. 
And I'm here to give you a hint about VMP Anthology 14, which is concerning a indie Latin label that was formed by an exile from the most famous Latin music label, probably of all time. This person was shut out from this label and decided to go his own way, and the records he made became Crate Digger classics. So that's what's next. And I'm in a charitable mood, so here's a hint for VMP Anthology 15, which you guys will need to buy some laughs in order to get that one. That's it for me. I better stop giving hints. I don't want to give away our entire lineup. So that's it. Thank you for listening again, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.